Welcome to Tech Drops, friend. This time we're changing it up with a special guest, Jeanette. It's the hustle episode. Let's not waste time. Let's get into it. Alrighty, welcome everyone. You are listening to Tech Drops. I am Tim Bot. Usually I'm joined by my co-host, Brian. Hope you enjoyed the last episode, which was the education episode. And if you're listening to that one, you know that Brian is in crunch time right now. He's got finals coming up. He's a student who's going to be graduating from Interactive Media at Ryerson. And uh, so what I thought I could do instead is bring a friend of mine on the show, Jeanette, who, like myself, has been a freelancer for a while now. And um, maybe we could pass along a few tips to people who are in the same position that Brian is in. I'm calling this one the hustle episode. So let's give some good tips about hustle. Um, So first off, um, the introduction for myself, listeners to the show will know. Uh, I've basically been indie, doing my own thing for close to 20 years now. Um, Fair amount of involvement in education. Ran a company for 15 years. Uh, Currently doing stuff at the Makerspace for the Toronto Tool Library. Uh, So that's my story. Uh, Jeanette, do you want to share a little bit of your background? (laughs) Okay. Well, I started in the Digital Media Arts Program at Seneca. Yeah, That's where Digital I met Media. Woo. DMA. And then it's not called DMA anymore. <laughs> no, which is sad, but yeah. But that's okay. Um, yeah, so I left college not knowing what I wanted to do. Ended up being like a jack of all trades. Mostly always felt insecure about being a jack of all trades because hmm. I felt like I was never specifically good at one thing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I did enjoy the motion design course and ended up getting an internship which I totally thought that I would never land I guess because insecurities yeah (laughs) um and so when I got my internship I was it was at a studio called campfire in Toronto uh it was just kind of a blessing in disguise where I was able to do a multitude of things like design animation um just like physical craft making um, and then get involved in the brainstorm process too, which I feel mm. like is very important to me to be able to, I'm a very conceptual thinker and I didn't think I would even get the chance to be in brainstorm sessions. Yeah. Um, so I was very, and frankly, yeah. a lot, a lot of people don't Yeah. when they're first getting started. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a special place that yeah. recognizes the value of having those fresh influences and like yeah. can, can look past it when you've got an unpolished idea to see like the the value behind the Mm -hmm. idea yeah so i think i was interning there for maybe a few months until i started getting contract work here and there i was still working um part-time at a chinese takeout place called walk this way that's an awesome name yes (laughs) still there you should go there anyways um and I was, yeah, I was juggling a part-time job with uh, some freelance work. And then I started seeing a lot of videos on Vimeo uh, that did a lot of set design work mm. and almost like puppetry, but with objects. And I was super into it, set design. Yeah. I wanted to make stuff like it. So I yeah. just told the guys I was working with and they really believed in it too. And it's really nice when you're on the same wavelength right because then we started producing that type of content because of my desire to want to learn and create 
mm-hmm. and help them grow in that yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. Um, so I was their tactile designer <laughs> for... That's a cool title. <laughs> yeah, for like half a year. <clears throat> and then making physical sets, like miniature stuff for uh, this Toronto toy brand called Spin Master. So we would just be oh, yeah. at uh, this co-working space in the lounge, like the one company that always steals the lounge, making what they call <laughs> arts and crafts. <laughs> I was making pure artistry in the back. And they were just like, oh, I wish I could do arts and crafts all day. And I'm like, you don't even know how hard this is. <laughs> be careful what you wish yeah. for. Um, yeah, so I was just really glad to be able to grow in that way working with my hands I grew up watching a lot of art attacks so it's kind of like I got to do that again um yeah so I just kept seeing all that that world and I wanted to do it and I just kept doing it on the side Mm -hmm. um after a while the company I didn't have enough bandwidth to hire me like full-time it was kind of like they were pitching these these looks to the clients but clients were very safe and they were going for it right yeah um, so I hung around for whenever they would need me to help with, uh, tactile work and it was great cause I really liked it and it almost seemed like a, f- a way into freelance. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that, and maybe just a yeah. way to like keep your momentum going. Yeah. And- yeah. And so that tapered off for a bit until I went back into getting retail jobs again and then wanting to get a full-time job for mm-hmm. stability. Yeah. And then I got a job at a Reactive in Toronto, um, a creative studio. They do uh, like titles, um, yep. mm. VFX work. Yeah, um, they've been around for yeah. a while. And my boss there, Alon, he's also a director too mm-hmm. for music videos um, and commercials. And I got, I got hired there as a studio assistant doing so much stuff and basically all the stuff that I went to school for uh so like 2d stuff a little bit of 3d experiments in there um helping with workflow helping the other um cg artists with uh tasks and then I spent a year there until I kind of realized I was really lost and I had a lot of shit going on in my life that it was just really hard to uh be okay with everything mm-hmm. um so i decided i would just take a break and figure shit out yeah. and like handle stuff that was yeah. going on in my life and then uh i started seeing s- looks in other people's art where i was it just connected with me yeah. and i was like i just want to make that how do i do it <laughs> and i was still making a lot of set design type of work personal projects yeah um that I just thought was funny or stupid or weird and didn't really know how to get that to be sustainable at all. Um, But little did you know that somewhere out there, (laughs) Timbot was watching and seeing you post this stuff. I mean, uh, I I think it's, um, you know, so you've mentioned a couple of times now about kind of being inspired by things that you'd seen from other people, like other people's work and so forth. And, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a couple of ways of looking at that kind of work. Um, there's two different kinds of artists. There's mm-hmm. there's one artist that looks at that and says, oh, my God, I'm quitting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see oh. something really amazing. Oh, and you're yeah. like, that's it. I have no talent. I know nothing. I do know that feeling, you too. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then the other way of looking at, at it is like, wow, okay. Obviously, I'm not going to do 
the exact same thing that person's doing. Yeah. But it sure gave me an idea of something that yeah. I would like to do. Yeah. And I, I yeah, that first that first one of like why even try? Like yeah. I I know that feeling, but I'm glad that it doesn't take hold of me in the negative way. Yeah. Um at least not right now. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a book called Steal Like an Artist that some friends of mine have Did you read. steal the book? <laughs> yeah, I stole the book. And I stole the ideas. Uh, I took notes. <laughs> I took notes. Because uh, um, everybody wants to be original these days, or mm. actually all the time, but yeah. I learned through that book that you don't have to get hung up on being original because nothing ever really is. <laughs> no. Um, no. But when I, in the past, when I would see something and I say, like, I want to make something like that, um, I'm interpreting it in my own way and then outputting it yeah. in a different, yeah. through my lens. Um, so, and yeah. I, the advantage of that, just, you know, speaking from, from a purely practical standpoint, um, like as someone who does hiring and so forth, or like uh, talent acquisition, um, I will always look for the person who is consistently putting things up um, the person who's more prolific than the person who's brilliant once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, just because in, in the practical sense, I know that the world is not really going to give me the luxury of being brilliant once or twice a year in my, in a company, in my business, mm. <laughs> you know, unless you're like that rare director or somebody like that, like that, yeah. that's what's expected from them. Yeah. And they can be brilliant every four or five years and they'll be okay. But for the vast majority of us, the world just doesn't work that way. Like yeah. you, you're going to have client demands. You, you were mentioning previously about how, um, you know, you can be pitching this work, but clients can be pretty safe at yeah, times. And, totally. And quite often they want to do what they've done before mm-hmm. with a little mm-hmm. variation. Like, yeah. Which to them is like really, wow. Yeah. Like we, we pushed the edge on that yeah. one. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, we changed a font. <laughs> like, you know, that that's very, very common. Um, but what it means is that you basically need to work with people who are able to work inside of a set of parameters yeah. and still produce. Yeah. Which is like not that easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I mean, if I'm if I'm going to pass along some some tips for people out there, I think you can kind of um, make use of that fact. So if we were to like rewind it a little bit, so um, like I went back to school pretty late, and I got into this stuff as a mature student, I guess you would say mature um, status. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and um, so, so a lot of the people that I was in school with were a lot younger than me and so forth. Um, but like probably my first tip would be, you know, plan ahead a little bit while you're in school because school goes by remarkably fast and it's done before you know it. It doesn't feel like that when you're in it because you've got so many things to do. Mm-hmm. But before you know it, it's gone. And, um, like one of the things that I did that wound up helping me so much was just, you know, I I made it a goal to try and work with everybody in my program, at least one project. I worked with every single person in my program. 
Um, and then I was able to extend that out a little further even. Uh, I started working in the AV department. Ah. Yeah, I know. It's very nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> it's super, super nerdy. But, you know, as a result, I met people from the different programs, too, because they'd come in to get this equipment. Oh, yeah. And, like, there's, there's again, there's a couple ways of approaching it. You can just get them the equipment, but I would always kind of question them on what they were producing, what they were working on, and so forth. More often than not, I would wind up, like, volunteering to be a grip on the set or cool. um, help fully sound or things like that. Yeah. And um, so as a result, by the time that I was graduating, like I had a pretty extensive network of people that I I had a pretty good idea what they're about and and what they did and so Mm -hmm. forth. Um, And like, thankfully, I was able to avoid this phenomena that I've seen happen over and over and over again, like as a teacher and also in industry. I see this happen a lot where... um, you know, people are so busy as they're getting towards the end of a program that their their entire goal is just like finishing up what they need to do for that program. And there's this idea that some, you know, if we can just get past that, everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, but what happens is like the second that you finish that program, for a lot of people, that's also the end of their network. Right. Yep. It, it's the end of their the way that they evaluate their stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, let's say you and I are are in class together we've been you know we've worked on a bunch of projects and so forth i'm very used to it like i've sort of fallen into this pattern of saying hey Jeanette, what do you think of this thing yeah and then you're like oh that's terrible i'd completely redo it tim it's horrible mm-hmm. start it over <laughs> <laughs> or, or or it's brilliant you're yeah. a genius mm-hmm. you know things like that yeah. um <laughs> but totally. you, you know you take my you take my point right like yeah. you, you, there there isn't really these barriers and so yeah you feel like when you show something, the feedback, the evaluation you get is very real. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly that evaluation system is gone and you kind of just have to do your own evaluation on things. And yeah. what happens inevitably, people's confidence tanks. Yep. Right? Yep. Because they're like, well, I, I don't know if it's any good. Like yeah. maybe it's not any good. Oh my God, what if everyone hates it? What if yeah. I don't know anything? Yeah. And and they go through this time that is just terrible. And like a lot of people never really come out of that. They they start going and doing other things. And next thing you know, they never really do what they set out to do. Or, or they don't really get their shot at doing what they set out to do. Mm-hmm. It happened to so many people that, that I knew. Like yeah. I was lucky. I, I started, um, like similar to yourself... I saw something that inspired me yeah. and made me um, sort of enlarge my thinking about what was possible uh-huh. in this case with like web work. Yeah. And I saw these guys from Big Spaceship uh, out of New York. Cool. And uh, yeah, I met them at FITC. And that was uh, mind blowing. Like mm-hmm. I, I've mentioned this story to people before. I don't know if uh, like the guys at Big Spaceship know how influential they were. <laughs> For me, Um, but I I basically spent the last of my money uh, when I was about to graduate to get an FITC ticket. Wow. Went there and um, I was like, uh, believe it or not, I was a fairly shy uh, person then. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Hard to believe that. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) a lot has changed since then. Yeah. Um, 
but I forced myself to talk to them because they showed something that was so phenomenal. Oh, that's I awesome. was like, I, I'm going to hate myself if I don't talk to these guys. And a really nice conversation with them. And um, it, it was like a site that they had done in Flash um, for the uh, Underworld series of movies, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, have since gone a little downhill. <laughs> but, but at the time, like, yeah. what they did just blew my mind. It was mm-hmm. so interactive. And, like, the site would change based on the status of things happening in an online game. And, like, prior to that, I was just, like, looking at, like, regular old html css yeah. and like click to buy now and yeah you know simple stuff like that and uh it just changed everything for me and later on when i was in my first interview well okay here's my second tip that i want to pass along to folks and like you feel free to dive in at any <laughs> time on these but um i re- i haven't done that many interviews myself but i wound up being someone conducting a lot of interviews for others okay and i noticed a few things that people typically do wrong the big one the big one is uh, especially when you're new and you don't have that big of a body of work to show yeah people reach this point where they sort of come to the end of the things they like about their work but then silence is awkward, so they feel like they need to keep talking. Oh, and then they yeah. start talking about the things that, oh, they weren't that crazy about with their work. And then eventually, if you let them, they'll get to the point where they're like, oh, I hate my work. Like, oh, no. These things are no good. And, oh, these Crap. things didn't work out. And this was terrible. And they just kind of talk themselves out. Like, they talk themselves into the role and then back out of uh, it again. Yeah. yeah. And, like, a good interviewer, quite frankly, will let someone do that. Um, because, like, they, if there's problems, they want to know, you know. It's, uh-huh. like, a big decision. Um, yeah. But, but relating back to the story, what was – that didn't happen to me, even though I was very inexperienced in interviews. That's because good. the person – you know, when I reached the end of – my stuff and and what I liked about my stuff, the conversation diverted to what besides my stuff I liked. Mm-hmm. And I remembered what I had seen there in the conversation I had had. Yeah. And they asked me, you know, what kind of work would you see yourself doing five years from now? And yeah. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'd love to do this thing that I saw. And I talked about those guys from Big Spaceship and it led to like a two hour conversation. And now like this creative director I was talking to, it wasn't really an interview anymore. It was more like a planning session, you know, for for where I was going to go and where his organization was going to go. And, and, you know, and I asked him what he thought was cool. And he, he, you know, because of my enthusiasm coming through, he felt that rub off and he shared what he thought was really cool. And, you know, it's like, I walked out of there basically knowing that this is going to happen. Where was this? uh, Organic. Yeah. First place. um, First. Yep. It was um, a really popular agency in Toronto, Mm -hmm. kind of like a up and coming agency. Yeah. And um, we did a lot of great work there and like a, a, it's also relevant because, as I say, like a lot of my friends weren't that lucky. But one of the things, okay, here's my third tip then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, getting that, that entry was important because it let me avoid losing my momentum. And just as you've said, it exposed me to a lot of like 
really talented people yeah. who had amazing ideas and were good at expressing it and and you know some of them guided me and, and mm-hmm. helped me and the guy who interviewed me uh, my friend Dave um, he was a mentor and he helped me to avoid the pitfalls that can come up uh, working in agencies and so forth That's awesome. Um, but the thing that really you know fired me ahead quickly was that network that I had established while I was still in school because after a while the company started asking like did I know anybody else who did this kind of work that I did mm-hmm. and I was like well let me tell you I know <laughs> just about I know somebody for just about anything yeah and um you know started bringing them all in and because they were friends of mine where we had all worked together they didn't have that ramp up time um you know when you when you first go into a new place and you're trying to figure out how it works and who does what and so forth you've you've got that awkward ramp of oh, okay. time yeah where um you're not really being that productive yet yeah, right and um so people coming in who who I was recommending didn't have that because they'd be like oh you guys have worked together before show them the ropes yeah and the more of us who came in the more of us there were to show the next person the ropes until like probably a good third of the place was was all your friends yeah it, it was amazing <laughs> you know it was like uh being in school still except we're getting paid yeah <laughs> which was what a dream <laughs> it was really phenomenal it was an incredible time yeah and um yeah and everybody who who came in there they generally all went on to do pretty well for themselves and work on interesting things and I eventually went off and started you know did my own company and um but you know I, I still run into people from that original group pretty often yeah um, and that's been a really valuable network so um you know if I'm counting it up it's like first off <laughs> don't underestimate anybody you know like mm-hmm. anyone can do big things and you know just treating everyone with respect and and building a network while people are still coming up Mm -hmm. is super important yeah and then you know looking for those inspirational sources because Mm -hmm. and and then not being afraid to talk about them yeah it's funny like sometimes people want to hide what their inspirations are do you do you find that um no good (laughs) and i don't know anybody that does either that's good yeah yeah because like i don't know there's no shame in being in in saying that you were inspired by someone else yeah in the work that you've done like it, it's a very common thing i don't think anybody's shocked to yeah. to hear that or th- or you know sees your work as less valuable yeah in that case so there's a ton of people that i know including myself that uh don't like talking about their themselves mm-hmm. and their accomplishments or recognizing what really? they've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I got over that one real fast. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Because uh, everything, like all these tips that you're saying, are applicable to me. Because mm. I, I went through all of things that you're saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm experiencing it from the side of like, oh, I wish I knew that, or I didn't do that, or I'd done this. Yeah. Um, back when. It was easier to, if I had done that back then, it would have made things a lot easier now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so but you know what? You always get a, you always get more chances to do yeah. it. Like that's, that's kind of happening. Honestly, that's happening right now to me yeah. with the work that I'm doing 
because about a year and a half ago, I kind of made this big switch and went into the maker scene. Yeah. Um, like my company is downscaled, uh, sort of resetting myself back to square one. Mm-hmm. Um, pivoting. But, yeah. Pivoting. Yeah, pivoting. <laughs> yeah that's it. I'm pivoting. <laughs> pivoting like crazy. Yeah. Um, but, like, those, those same kind of lessons keep popping up as, like, good things to do. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're in a situation where you're sort of like the new person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's a lot of the same patterns repeating. Like last year during the summer, I worked with a lot of students from uh, Ryerson. And we were co-workers. And nice. that was interesting to me because I haven't really had co-workers in quite a while like uh you know i i'm very used to being in charge right and yeah. um which is a really like it's a different situation than being shoulder to shoulder with people uh-huh. um you you have more responsibilities and so forth so it was really interesting almost being back in this situation like uh when i was in school mm-hmm. again uh but the same thing I, i've you know tried to work with every single person on mm-hmm. something and get to know them and now you know the the tool library came into the makerspace they're looking for great people to be instructors mm-hmm. they have a good program for for people teaching in the space there's a lot of people who are really eager to learn new things and so forth and just like before here comes Timmer with, yeah. with this, you know, network of people yeah. that I've made a real effort to, to get to know and learn their capabilities. Yeah. And so it's like, huh, I've sort of seen this before. Um, the These are just like, they seem like just universally good things to do for anybody. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I had wished that I had known those things back then. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, it, it, like, it's funny that you say that you were very um, introverted back then. Then yeah. again, there was, a, there was a lot of time for somebody to grow over the years. Nobody ever really stays the same. Yeah. Um, but I experienced the same thing, and I'm still experiencing it where I came out of college with feeling like I had zero, zero network, mm-hmm. commuter college, yeah. all your friends. They just, they're in different cities when yeah. you leave, and yeah. you just... Like everyone scatters. Yeah, everyone scatters. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like as if we were never even friends <laughs> after we yeah. left, yeah. Uh, which is very strange because um, comparing it to other universities and colleges where the student life is very tight knit mm. and super intense, mm. and then just leaving college, a commuter college, and then feeling like you have nobody, which yeah. is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really hard thing. Like, yeah, it's a shock. So, like, getting jobs, seeing other people either succeed and then feeling disconnected from them um, was very strange. So I relate heavily to, I don't know, if I could turn back time, I would just, like, meet as many people as I Mm -hmm. could and not get so caught up in doing what I was supposed to do Mm -hmm. and getting it done. And, uh, like coming yeah. to class and leaving straight after um, because now 
I have for since I left school, I've been learning how to do those things yeah, because yeah. I never really did. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, as you grow older, it's almost like, how do you make friends? And it's like <laughs> literally, it's the same thing where it's like you just talk to people not to see if there's any gain into doing so right. but just to get to know them oh, yeah. and to be friends with them um and then just to reach out because i've been struggling for so long and feeling like i didn't and maybe still that i don't have a creative network which is why i mentioned like it'd be nice to just like be around the maker space yeah. <laughs> because yeah. um it it just sucks to to feel like you're doing things on your own right and and then it's very ironic at the same time because you'll have people online just being like i love your work or this is great so you have that validation but Mm -hmm. in a very superficial type of way yeah it's not quite the same is it? and everybody i feel like a lot of people are very especially when you're trying to hustle in the art scene it's very much like hermit do your own thing put it out put it out just keep making stuff put it out yeah but there's no time or at least I felt like I wasn't focusing on um engaging myself with other people because yeah it's like I didn't have anybody to ask I didn't have a lot of people to ask about how my work was and feedback on certain things and um there were a key people that I could go to but it was almost like I saw examples of these relationships existing and these mentorships happening yeah and like off of Instagram and like in co-working spaces or from other artists I knew who had those types of people and me feeling like, okay, I have to act on this if I want to create something. And that means stepping outside of myself yeah, and going to things, going to events. Um, even just uh, DMing people on Instagram. I think like if I'm still considerably a shy person, like when I'm around new people, but when I know somebody, it's all fine. Yeah. But it's easier as an introvert to talk to people online. So it's like right. when I have never asked people online for advice, now I do that. Mm-hmm. And I have a list of people that I want to reach out to nice. and just tell them that I like their stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and if they have any tips in what I'm going through. And then, then I realize that it's not so hard anymore right that i'm not being weird or like no creepy or anything no not at um, all not at all yeah and i think the main thing was just like if i felt like crap right if i felt like i was alone to just like not to talk myself to not wallow in it and to just ask for help yeah like talk to somebody ask yeah. for help just, yeah just uh meet somebody new yeah yeah and it really helped yeah make me feel uh, almost like a sense of belonging. Yeah. I'm it's really hard there. to be yeah. in, like, it's hard to be in any kind of communication art by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, who am I communicating yeah. to with this art? Like, I don't even know. It's weird, um, yeah. Can I tell you something, though? Like, you, you mentioned a couple of different resources in a couple of different places there. And... Um, I think they they are all good, like yeah. go, going to meetups and co-working spaces and so forth. The thing that I find a little bit um, magical, I guess, with a makerspace is they kind of give you license to do things just because you like doing them. 
Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of co-working spaces, uh, everyone's hustling. And, yeah. um, you know, every and a lot of meetups go to everyone's networking. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, it's good. Like those are good things to do and stuff. But they don't check all the boxes for what you need as a creative person. Sometimes you just need a place where you can do a thing and no one's like, oh, are you doing that for a client? Oh, where's the money in it? Or oh, who yeah. are you going to show that to? Or yeah. things like that. Like sometimes you just need to be around a group of people that just kind of watch as you're doing your thing. Yeah. And every once in a while, like maybe give a little suggestion or just check in with you to see if you're still enjoying doing it. You know, like yeah. we have a member here, um, James. I love this guy. He's, he's, uh, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he's been obsessed with making pens, right? Pen. Yeah, for weeks. He's been working on the lathe, just oh, like making pens. pens. Yeah. Oh, cool. He makes his own, like, custom That's lathed wood sick, yeah. fountain pens, and they're beautiful, and they're awesome. Um, you know, every once in a while, I'm just like, hey, man, you working on pens? And he's like, yep. It's <laughs> 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 like... It's like, like He's a super smart guy. He's got a lot of stuff going on, but he's just kind of obsessed with pens right yeah. now. And yeah. that's fine. Like, yeah. no one feels inclined to be like, well, man, you've been working on pens too long. Like, you, you should really move on. Or like, how are you going to brand these? How are you going to, like, oh, um, you yeah. know, make your own store for them and things yeah. like that? Like, those things, obviously, everybody's got to look after themselves. Everybody's got to make a living and, and so forth. I always, you know, recommend to artists, like, Live simply as you can because every dollar you save is a dollar invested in your creative freedom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, that took like, me so long to realize that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, but it, it's tempting, right? Especially if you go working in the agency world or things like that, which you probably will to some degree at some point. And you're going to see a lot of emphasis on things and a lot of those places exist to sell things and so forth. And you kind of got to get in that mindset. Yeah. Um, but you also have to not get sucked in by it either. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can find like suddenly you don't have any creative freedom anymore. You pretty much just got to take whatever comes along. Yeah. Um, but that again, I, like I find places like the makerspace of protection against that hmm. because Generally speaking, nobody in the makerspace is going to care what you bought. <laughs> They're going to care about, like, you know, what are you working on? Like, right. what, what's your process? Yeah. Um, how do you use these tools or things like that? Um, like, like generally, they're not going to be that jazzed about just like, oh, I got a thing. They're going to mm-hmm. want to know, like, well, what are you doing with the thing? Like, mm-hmm. what did right. you, how did it change your life? Like, okay. um, you know. And, and and then that matched up with this idea that it's okay to work on stuff because you like them. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. Like having that freedom and even support from yeah. people is, uh, it's just beautiful, you know? Like, um, And I feel like it really re- can be a recharging thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be in a makerspace. It can be like just a group of people you know. yeah. Yeah, and I think that you brought up a really good point there, and I think, I mean, I've never really put a word to it, but I, I guess it's like, I feel like everybody, or at least in the stage that I am now, like hustling and trying to get, I guess trying to make a name for yourself, you mm-hmm. can call it one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's like it was really easy to get sucked into like career yeah and then i yeah. had this like life meltdown two weeks ago or something where i was like how much do i define myself through a career like, right and i was trying to reel myself back and then thinking of like what other ways do i value myself and what other aspects of my yeah. life are important other than career because career is always changing yeah but i i need to have some anchor points that uh kind of keep me sane and mm-hmm. and keep me on a, my own like my true path because uh, i think those are the things that influence my art i can't yeah. just do art for the sake of art yeah and i think it was like i was craving those organic experiences or organic relationships with other people um and i wasn't cultivating that mm-hmm. um so it was just like art 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 like yeah <laughs> and then you just see other people make art and it's like great okay I feel like shit because like their art is better and it's like i don't even have any other experiences to uh or i wasn't focusing on how to enrich my life outside of it right um, right so then i enrolled and then, in improv yeah, and it's again. not that easy separating those <laughs> yeah. things right like which is a kind of like mm, it depends how you look at it one of the downsides of being in art is like it's really hard to separate your yeah. identity from making a career out of it but it is really nice when you just have people that aren't involved in the creative aspects or like the stakes of it or the the serious side of it and just like just want to make fun stuff and hang out exactly exactly like uh, i don't know i mean um there's always going to be pressures. Yeah. There's never a time when there isn't pressures. Um, but, like, over time, you, you get mechanisms for dealing with them. Yeah. Um, you get maybe uh, better at dealing with them. You also learn to, like, avoid some of the pitfalls that you fall into. Yeah. Um, that, it, frankly, everybody falls for. Like, everyone has some horror stories from when they're getting started. Some people have horror stories of their entire career. Whole <laughs> <laughs> career is a horror story. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side of it, you look at it like, but you know what? Like that journey brought me in contact with this amazing group of people. Yeah. Who put me in these really interesting situation. And I feel like I learned some things and did some things that I would have never, uh, you know, wouldn't have achieved that. Yeah. Other than those bumps on the road that sort of like shake you up and make you like wake up and look out the window oh yeah <laughs> basically sure. yeah um so so you know all things said if you've got a way of just like recharging yourself mm-hmm. um when those things come along and as you said like just not letting yourself um uh you know get discouraged too mm-hmm. much like it's it's weird because like it's normal to get discouraged. You have to accept it uh, when it happens. But then you also have to accept that uh, it's not the end of the world yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, there, there's pretty much always something that you can do differently or that you can try differently. This, this is the thing, one of the, one of the best um, tips that I got from an artist um, was to stop thinking in terms of improvement and stop thinking of 
in terms of getting better because it's so subjective what improvement is or what's better okay. in in any kind of creative field. But what you can judge your stuff on is like, was it different? Did I do some things differently this time? Or oh. am I doing the same thing over and over again, basically? Uh, I thought that was really good. And, and like even in terms of the hustle, <laughs> you know, in terms of Air putting your <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, like putting your stuff out there and promoting and so forth. Again, like you can't make people buy your stuff. Yeah. It's not where there's a magical formula of art that magically makes people hit a buy now button or something or, or, or a hire now button or something like that. So you can't really judge yourself based on that. Yeah. But what you can judge yourself on is like, you know, did I do some things differently this time? Did I reach out to some people, you know, outside of my immediate network? Mm -hmm. or, or am I talking to the same people over and over again? Am I playing it safe? Am I, you know, like, here's a, here's a place that I don't really know them that well or I haven't heard of them. Am I willing to talk to those guys? Yeah. Right. So um, those are the things I, I think you can do. Like you can you can judge your own habits. You can't necessarily judge yourself based on things completely outside of your control. Oh, yeah, that's really I've I heard I think I've heard different versions of that, but I've never really the wording that you chose for like doing something different. That that one is a good one because I I kind of do that to a certain extent, but I've, I've never really fully realized like oh am I doing something different? It was just like did I do something new or, or like did I try something that I didn't try before? And I've only recently started maybe like within the past year just like when I make a new project, be like I. I want to try this because I didn't do it before. Mm -hmm. And this aspect is new to me, so I'm going to do it. But not really, really understanding, like, oh, like, to always change it up. But it, it applies to so many things because basically it's just, like, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, because yeah, um, I should probably do more of that now. I'm just realizing. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, like, planning to disrupt yourself a bit. Yeah, because that's the only way anybody grows. Yeah. New yeah. stuff. And yet it's weird because like as as humans we fight it. <laughs> we fight oh, yeah. doing things We're differently. Creatures like, of habit. We so are, you know, we get we get attenuated to a certain yeah. way of doing things. Like but there's ways of busting out of that. Um that are that are like small and simple to start with. Like, you know, you start by like having a different breakfast cereal and next thing you know you have a career change you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you just start with like the really immediate stuff yeah but then you know it leads to another little thing that you're doing differently in another oh, thing oh yeah and that yeah that totally makes sense i recently i've been i used to say no to a lot of things mm -hmm. um or i used to talk myself out of stuff before i even did it mm. um so now i usually just say yeah why not like in my head and then verbally because then I can realize like yeah why not do yeah. this thing or why not go to this thing or why not talk to this person yeah. or why not try out this other uh technique yeah um yeah and, and then it that, doesn't yeah. really even have to lead anywhere it's yeah. just like the the simple act of it's like questioning 
like why yeah not? like it, it changes your perception yeah so it just now that i'm realizing just saying that kind of shifted like just like a like a good little shift in just the way that i look at things yeah. um and my approach to just everything in my life and i i think that is why i kind of feel more solid with myself yeah and not so like i'm floating around and yeah. i feel like a lot of yeah. like a lot of i guess the new people i, I still consider myself new because <laughs> i'm always learning but um I haven't been freelancing for very long, at least like hardcore or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, to just say like, why not? And embrace the unknown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With, you know, within parameters. Oh like, yeah. Within parameters. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, it's very easy to go completely in the other direction where oh, you can't yeah. say no to anything. That's and, true. And that leads to problems. Like, yeah. It's about that balance. Yeah. And, you know, having, it's almost like having um, an investment portfolio, if I may sound super douchey for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, like, um, you know, most, most portfolios, they're set up where you have, like, certain solid blue chip types of investments and then it goes from there where you have a certain amount that is like a little more risky kind Mm -hmm. of thing if you think of yourself as an investment your portfolio should be fairly diversified you know there's some things you need for stability in your life and Mm -hmm. if you don't have them it's going to be pretty tough yeah and you know maybe some of those other things might help you out Mm -hmm. but chances are you, you there's there's certain bedrock things that you need for stability and to be happy in your life yeah but when you have those you're also really in danger of being stagnant yes if that's the only things you have you have to introduce a bit of risk yes um and a bit of diversity into your life right because like otherwise i don't know you just fall into these ruts and habits and things become very predictable and that you know this isn't good for any artist Yes. Like people introduce that kind of diversity into their life in their own particular way. Like everyone has their own way of doing it. Something that may look really safe to me may look very risky to mm-hmm. you and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But the point is, like, it's not going to happen if you don't, like, plan for it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds weird, like, planning to be spontaneous. But, but just otherwise... Yeah, you you fall into the same habits and yeah. you just don't really you're you're not aware of those opportunities when they come around because you're in this bubble. Yeah, 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 and and it's like you don't even realize it. Yeah, you know, until you escape the bubble somehow. <laughs> yeah, and I guess like the only way to escape the bubble is to just somehow introduce new new things into the bubble. I don't yep. know. <laughs> yep. This is a perfect example right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking just before we started the podcast and, um, I think it's maybe been at least a couple of years since the last time mm-hmm. we chatted. Yeah. Um, but here we are, here we are. And you know, like I, I've been watching your work and watching mm-hmm. your, your growth there and you. just, uh, you know, thinking like, you know, we should, if we have a chance, we should try and do some work together. Like, um, and Lo and behold, here I am, uh, you know, now like 
introducing more diversity into mm-hmm. the makerspace and yeah. looking for the opportunity to yeah. keep this place from becoming safe and comfortable. Yeah. And part of that has been like reaching out to different groups and um, I don't know, I'm just, uh, I'm really excited to have people like yourself coming in and mm-hmm. just sharing their experiences and, and sharing their work and, um, you know, being, being inspired by and inspirational to yeah. other people around them. Uh, that's, that's kind of what places like this are for. Yeah. And I'm excited. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's an exciting time to be here. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I have really, uh, borrowed a lot of your time here tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brian's going to be like, what the heck, man? Like, <laughs> My name's Brian now. <laughs> well, w- what would be awesome as a nice, as a follow-up, we get another mic going here and we get Brian and yourself and myself on the show for the next time for the follow-up mm-hmm. because like he is like, he is just, you know, he is launching into this right now. Uh-huh. And uh, so I think we'd have a really good conversation. He's also a very interesting artist in his own right. Um, he's a musician. Uh, he's like an electronic artist. He does cool. performance art. Uh, he's got a, like a stage show that's pretty awesome. That's dope. Yeah, and honestly, just like one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. Um, he and I met teaching... Um, Minecraft uh, camp, <laughs> two here? kids. Here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were we were in the camps together, and uh, so uh, we just kind of you know had these long conversations about technology and artwork and where they intersect and That's so cool. forth. And yeah, so um, I'm super excited for for you to meet Brian. I'm super excited to have you in the space and looking excited forward to, to be here, showing your stuff to uh-huh. to all of our members. Oh, thank you to the world at large. <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, let's wind it up there. Mm-hmm. And um, just for anyone who is listening to the podcast on Anchor FM, just a quick reminder that if you've got a question for us on the show or you just want to reach out or you've got a comment to share, maybe some of your experience, there's a button on the app. You just hit that and you can do a call in to the show. And if you do, I can actually put your call in on the show and Brian and myself, Jeanette, or anybody on the show can answer your question. So do feel free to reach out. Uh, We're looking forward to hearing from you. So for us at Tech Drops, I'm going to wind it up there and I will say goodnight. I am Timbot. I am joined by Jeanette. And we will catch you on the next one. Take care, folks. See ya.